0: Welcome to How Did I Get Here? This is the podcast where we ignore the new release and we talk about the journey. Why do I want to hear about the journey? We want to know about how did you get to the point where you strum on your guitar, you sing under the microphone, and then you release it on an album and people who are not your mother think it's great. What's your story? What's that journey? Uh, this is a podcast, so we don't edit anything. It's a conversation more than an interview, so you'll hear heaps of uh, oh, uh, ooh, oohs, uh, and then, and, 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 and then, you know, things like that as we're working through how we're thinking about what we want to say. Also, you might hear grown adults use colorful language. You will get through it, I promise you. It will get better. Today we're asking John Dale how he got here. John Dale is the front man for Johnny Two Fingers and the deformities. He writes songs inspired by his hometown of Moose and the people inside it, and the things that go down. John Dale is a legend in his city, and people across Canada are beginning to get a snippet of the man that is John Dale. If John Dale's art had a thesis, it would be, Time and life are precious. Don't squander it to make other people happy and rich. So, John, in four words, how did you get here? I was... Swallow that microphone! <laughs> so, I you?
1: swallowed that microphone,
0: and then
1: that's it. That's it. That's it.
0: So you're. So here you. So here you are. You practice, pre- practice, practice, <laughs> practice,
1: practice. <laughs> emailing. Yeah. Lots of emailing. <laughs> Lots of emailing. Saving my money yeah. through other stuff that wasn't music, yeah. and. Uh, yeah, and friends
0: and family support. Aww. <laughs> okay, so, so, um, I'm trying to imagine you. You're a little kid, you're growing up in Moose Jaw. Not it's,
1: true. I was in, growing up in Buffalo Pound.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. You're growing up mm-hmm. in Buffalo Pound, and those of you listening who don't know what Buffalo Pound is, it's. Kind of a lake area outside of Moose Jaw.
1: Resort Village of Sun Valley, ladies and gentlemen. Yes,
0: that's what it is. And it's nice. And the lawns are big. Probably a total bitch to mow, I imagine. But I didn't it,
1: really do that stuff.
0: No? but So you're growing up out there? job. And when do you... So, of course, there's the stuff, the music you listen to, because, you know, your parents are listening to it. So your parents are listening to John Denver. So you're listening to John Denver or whatever. Uh, but what was the first stuff you listened to that you thought, oh, no, wait, this is stuff I can do, and this is stuff I want to do? Oh.
1: Well, the stuff I wanted to do first was uh, probably, like, I wanted to learn the accordion
0: from Weird Al, because I like that really? stuff. <laughs> yeah. It was your favorite track? Because every, every one of his CDs, he does... He does a, a polka track where he doesn't, like, change the lyrics. He just does a polka, yeah, a polka medley. Yeah, polka medley, yeah. Yeah, so that you liked that?
1: Oh, that was a cool song. Uh, the one I got, those album I got was Alapalooza with Jurassic Park on it. Yeah, yeah. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Harvey the Wonder Hamster. Harvey I, the Wonder Hamster. I do remember
0: that, yeah. <laughs> so, so, you start, because, so you, when, the first music that inspired you was, like, what do you call his music? Novelty music, comedy. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I liked uh, I liked all the soundtracks of all the s- cartoons I watched. I used to sing them on the bus, a lot. Yeah, I used like to remember all the words. I used to read all the w- words to the albums that even my mom bought and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like was like Jan Arden, Cold Hearted Snake. Your mom was a Jan Arden fan. Yeah. No, that's Paul Abdul. No, Paul Abdul. Yeah. Cold Hearted Snake. <laughs> So. I like snakes, so
0: I like that song. <laughs> Do you like Jake the Snake? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah, get it's, into, we'll... it's gonna be easy. We'll That's get like a theme in my life. <laughs> I like snakes. We'll get into that later. John Dale is also. Uh, I said that his city influences him, but also professional professional wrestling influences him a bit. <laughs> Did you say is it influence your lyrics at all? I'm trying to think of songs that. Um. <laughs> John uh, Dale just drank a whole glass of energy juice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, what was that? What did you ask me? I asked you if wrestling, wrestling, I know ref, uh, wrestling influences. I wrote a your, your life and how you talk, kind of your stage persona, even. Oh, but yeah. but <laughs> yeah, uh, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, but actually, before we talk about that, I want to talk about so so you're being really influenced by Weird Al and that and and cartoon soundtracks, which is interesting because. That kind of still comes out in your music a little bit. There's a, you know, it's rock and roll, but there's this kind of carnival aspect of it that's kind of under the surface. You know, like uh, on um, on your song where um, you say, we talk about the grass is always greenest where you water it. Which is uh, my my sons love that part of the song. It's like The grass is always greenest where you water it, boys and girls. <laughs> okay. dun, 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 dun. So there's a bit of that aspect to it, so that's so that's kinda inter- interesting to hear that that's that's where it came from. Yeah. Listening to goofy songs. Oh yeah. And then wrestling, you say you're saying that, that's the that plays a part? Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I hit my head on something, but <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. I'm not at that influenced
1: by wrestling that I just start bludgeoning them.
0: Cause, cause you're, cause, okay, cause when you, not, not necessarily like lyrics or anything, but I see, I see like maybe wrestling influencing you, like, uh, you know, I it, love wrestling.
1: Yeah, it's like a guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. The actually, the matches are great. My drummer in my band's a pro wrestler, Cannonball Kelly. Yeah. I wrote a song about him. I so, s- there I you s- go. I s- what song's about him? Well, I haven't released it yet. Either. Oh, okay. I sang it once on the radio on the both ones. Did you? Live, Did acoustic. You. He played the harmonica. And then we played that song while he walked down the aisle and Andrew Fivey played drums. It was a glorious occasion.
0: When he walked down when he when, not when Kelly he got married not when he got married when he walked down the aisle because no, he's not married. He'll never no, that won't happen. This is the closest <laughs> thing. <laughs> him close. walking down <laughs> to be main event, Steel Cage match. So Cannonball Kelly, your drummer. You wrote a song with him and what's that called? <laughs> That's a good song title. Cannonball Kelly. This <laughs> is the is the burp a part of it? Could be. Could be. Could you put it Asterix, burp. Asterix. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh. Okay. I thought maybe we could create something together here. All right. So. <laughs> so. So what are we talking about? I don't know. Your life, man. Um. So. Uh. Re- but what I wanted to say about the wrestling and in, in influencing you, because when you when you talk in between sets, not totally, but there's a bit. I feel like there's a bit of a homage to like, like when you're saying, if you want to check us out, on the YouTube, mm-hmm. on the Facebook, like, it's kind of got a, a little bit of a Hulk Macho Ultimate Warrior vibe going there, no? Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I got a lot of energy when I'm talking to the people, so. Hmm. Uh, so, you're, you're growing up, you're listening to that type of music, and then w- when's the first time you pick up uh, a instrument and start playing it? Or start writing songs mm. in your notebook. Mm. I was writing. I was writing poetry
1: when I was living in high school. Mm-hmm. On little. Think, but I think that was before even. I think that was before I even played guitar. Yeah. On the text thing, just wrote them on the computer and saved them.
0: And what were you writing songs about? Like when you were in high school? Oh, stupid we're stuff.
1: <laughs> no, you know what? It wasn't even. No, it wasn't in high. No, I think maybe it was, maybe it was just after high school because it was, it was the last year of. I was about seventeen when I started playing guitar, so it might have been when I was. My early twenties.
0: Okay, so the music came first. So you're learning how to play guitar, and learning. Yeah. Other people's songs, so you're not writing your own yet. Yeah. And then you start to write lyrics when you're in yeah. your 20s. Nope. Yeah.
1: And Maybe do, it was. 19. Do you remember any
0: of them? Can you share any of them? They were all really sappy. <laughs> they were
1: just about S- being sap- yeah like, sappy love or a oh sa- uh, yeah about like um, relationship. Garbage and I. Every time I wrote them, I real. I was just. I hated them and. It's like I have it was just, it, uh, Yeah, I might as well. Azar, just like the stars. Yeah, yeah, it was
0: just you know. But I you I know think what it was you just gotta,
1: Getting it out there and just doing
0: it. You have to write crap before you write good stuff. Like there's a quote. There's a quote of crap. You have yeah. to write. Like I think you probably have. I would say like this isn't. This isn't like. I didn't do any tests for this or anything, but I'd say you probably have to write one hundred and fifteen crappy songs before you write a good song. That's my estimation. One hundred fifteen, fourteen. Are you a doctor? Are you a <laughs> I'm a music doctor. <laughs> I, I cause, and I remember and and to write all those songs, you have to be kind of delusional. To a point, oh, yeah, and think that terribly, they're good. Yeah, you, like yeah. I, I, remember there's this girl, Alicia Briquette, that I used to drive uh, on the on the bus on the bus with. I was like super in love with her. Like you know, like when you s- see someone, and you see, feel yourself getting happier than you should be. Yeah. You know, I was like so head over heels with her, and I remember when I finally brought up the courage to open up my notebook to her with all these songs I was writing, and. I showed her the song that I just thought was the best and I showed it to her and then she read it she said yeah it's not very good (laughs) and I said did you see this line here and I remember the line was you gotta think all about love and hate trust and doubt and I was like did you see that line and she was like yeah it's, it's it's really bad (laughs) <laughs> and, I, and I and I even though she was someone whose opinion I respected and I really liked, I still I still had like American Idol thinking about it. I was just like, You just don't know. You mm-hmm. just don't know how good I am. And it was like probably forever till I wrote a good song. I don't yeah. know. But you're writing sappy stuff and then and then you start playing guitar and put singing to it? Well
1: th- really the yeah, I guess so. but I was I started writing. I started writing really young. I mm-hmm. wrote stories when I was a kid with my grandma, like short stories and stuff like that.
0: So you see, it's all connected. If you're good at writing stories, you're going to be good at writing songs, or vice versa, or those skill sets. are know. kind of the same. I don't. I don't know about.
1: I I don't know about. I don't know about that. Uh, everybody's different, I guess. But in, for my case, a lot of my songs have a little bit of a story. At least I think. Of it that way as yeah. For sort of I try. There's tries to be some of them are w- way more of a storytelling song than others.
0: Yeah, it's uh, I, I wouldn't say they're always linear, like where it's like no beginning, middle, end. But there's always like a story in it.
1: Being the ba- being of. able to put your thoughts on paper is just something I've been used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and then, and then but I, then I, but then yeah, because I'm really. I'm really trying to debate, I'm really thinking about that, because I, because uh, I remember I used to, r- I might have wrote stuff in high school, though, like, I don't, it's, I guess it doesn't really, uh, I I don't know, because it's, so, it's sort of a blur, it's sort of a, <laughs> and I, because I wrote lots and stuff, mm-hmm. I, and I drew, I was really artistic, I drew lots and stuff, and yeah. And, was in, and then a lot of uh, English, like English class, and you had to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I just kept some of that to myself anyways. I wouldn't have shared any of it. I wouldn't have shared With any of it. No. And then it was, maybe it was the, a guitar. It might have been, I might have been doing it anyways, but then when finally when I got the guitar, it all mm-hmm. sort of happened. It was sort of, mm-hmm. the, the guitar thing though was more of a, the songs that
0: I enjoyed as. Writing were ones that I started after I did the guitar. Yeah, because so I was thinking about your songs when you were are talking about stories and stuff. Because um, even let's say "Govern Yourself," which is a very like, it's not a story song. It's like you know, there's a message that like you shouldn't you shouldn't like want the government or outside sources to govern you. You should be able to govern yourself. Do it yourself. Not. And you're not talking about anarchy as it says in the song. <laughs> just talking about harmony <laughs> as it says in the song. but even within that song you kind of there's parts of it where you're very much telling a story. you're talking about being in the checkout line and looking at the headlines uh, and, and stuff and so like even yeah. even in that you're like you tell a story about how you started thinking about all this stuff in the first place. you don't just say, Here's an idea. You're like, hey, here's how I got the idea in the first place. So even like, even that's kind of made into a story, which interesting.
1: Yeah, you know how I got that idea? How? Cause my buddy got beat up by the bouncers at Champs a long time ago. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was a long time ago. That's a that's a disco bar downtown, and <coughs> anyways.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of, it's it's probably you, you know if you want to if you want to see uh, a girl dance on something fall off and her uh, and fall off of something as she's dancing on it that's probably the place you go to, and if you want to see a fight, yeah, that might be the well,
1: place. long long story short he ended up got kicked out and they threw him down the stairs he almost took out somebody they pinned him on the ground and punched him on the face and it just made me re- I guess it's just a lot of it, it just made me very angry and I just uh-huh. couldn't believe. Like that, those guys are supposed to be the, the guy. They're paid to have the power, They mm-hmm. paid to keep order and check. But then right. they're going and taking people out while they're already down. Mm-hmm. You know why are you punching them when their face is against the pavement? Yeah, you know the gravel. I guess in that case, mm-hmm. face is like down. They punching them.
0: That's, That's crazy. Terrible. So you thought about that, and you just thought
1: it just pissed me off. Cause they probably, like, did they get in trouble for it? He went and talked to it, but there wasn't really anything he could. I forget
0: what they even. So those guys weren't charged for assault or anything. Oh no, nothing like that.
1: I can't remember. Because
0: they're the bouncers happened. or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't really matter, I
1: guess anymore. Well, it sort of does. It's the points. Yeah, you just don't. I don't know. I remember he he did go through. We went through some stuff to, but it ended up just n- nothing going out going through with it.
0: So how did you? How did that connect you to the song "Govern Yourself"? I just thought it was stupid
1: having somebody who doesn't care about you look after you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, th- and that a lot of that theme goes through a uh, lot like like there's so many sc- and then another scam like f- driving without a seatbelt. Why should we be penalized if anyone you know everybody knows it's a pretty stupid idea not to wear your seatbelt. Mm-hmm. That's your own choice. Let you die if you want. Yeah. That's your own dumb choice. If you want to go through the window, go ahead. But that, no, I don't know who else is good. No one's going to be in, put in danger. <laughs> Should yeah. have to... Re, yeah, go ahead, idiot. So you're... You're going to... Your own penalty. Why do they have to be charged for being stupid? So too? you're a bit
0: of a libertarian. Uh, is that what that is? Yeah, where the less government control or no...
1: Well, for, certainly for common sense, like... Mm-hmm. Especially for moral decisions, essentially. Especially for something like that. They shouldn't have a right on my morals. Like, you don't need the government to tell you how to feel. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's your own thing. You're the one has to sleep with it. That's true. Or, or live with... Imagine if you go on an accident, and you're, like, in that case, and you're paralyzed, you have to live with it like that. hmm There's risk for everything you do, so... Why isn't it illegal not to like I feel, get out of your bathtub carelessly? Because <laughs> you could fall. Yeah, <laughs> take uh, time doing it. I don't yeah, know.
0: I feel like I feel like a bit of a like. I feel like my life is in danger every time I don't have my seatbelt on. Like if I go like a, a block, I'm just like, oh my goodness! Like I just like walked a tightrope over like downtown. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Holy, I was. You
1: know what one thing I've been doing roll. lately? What? That's really rock and roll. What? I've been doing it for a while now, but you know what other thing really pissed me off regarding driving? What? Traffic lights. And the red ones, when there's nobody there, like, I can see, it's like, what, would you cross the street if you could blind, would you jaywalk? Would you jaywalk? Oh, I jaywalk you, all the time. Exactly. I don't
0: give a fuck. Man.
1: So if there's a red light, and you can see no one's coming, like... You do this at uncontrolled intersections all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Why do you need a robot to tell you when it's safe? Like I can look both ways. The robot doesn't know. <laughs> it's going to make me wait for like sometimes like 2 minutes. It feels like a long time when it's late in the or early in the morning or yeah. late at night. Yeah. Even nine o'clock, no one's driving around. Really, it's Moose Jaw. No one's driving. <laughs> it's dead. So really, I can look and see the lights. I'm not an idiot. So really, I don't need a light to tell me what to do. That pisses me off.
0: So really, they should, after a certain time, because a lot of cities do this. After a certain time, you would just have you just have flashing reds. Sure. So it's just a four-way sure. at a certain time, right? Oh. Um, yeah. Govern yourself. To, not, so basically, guys, anarchy not harmony. I mean the other way around. <laughs> Govern yourself. Yeah. Stop. Just let us live in peace. Govern yourself. Um, so okay, so so we're talking about you start writing songs and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and then you get hooked up with Brain Sauce somehow, right? Mm-hmm. How does that happen? Uh,
1: because a long time ago. I knew this, we had, a, I had some music, musician friends, and, how did I,
0: because originally, oh Wait, fir- did you have any bands before Brain Sausage? No, just-
1: no, no, no.
0: Uh, so you had some musician first, friends?
1: Yeah, and there's two of them, there's one guy named, No, uh, I can't remember who I met first, but it might have been Tyson Samen. Or Brody Moniger, one of the two. I met Brody through my sister and Tyson through this other buddy of mine. Around when I was, just after I graduated high school. And then we ended up, uh, yeah. And then the thing was that Tyson was going to, he wanted to play something for his, uh, his, uh, what the heck do you call it? his uh, orgy no oh. his <laughs> graduation is grad, no uh the Frona. winter lit he wanted something to do at the winter lit you know no i don't know what that is it's like uh their talent showcase Oh. Okay. and if you have something to do and he, w- he wanted to play drums and they asked me if i wanted to play bass for that and so we learned three me brody and tyson all learned these three songs so, or something did you go to the, peacock then because yeah okay yeah I was the oldest one out of all of them by a couple of years. But anyways, we, so we were in Brody's mom's and dad's basement and we were playing down there and stuff and, uh, yeah. And then eventually, I think Tyson got kicked out of school and out of his house, so we never ended up getting to do that thing. But we, it was oh, sort really? of, yeah. He got
0: kicked out, he got kicked out of school at his house? What did he do? I don't know. I don't remember. He
1: was always in trouble. Anyways, and then, uh well, yeah, I don't know. We wrote a song about it. Brody and I, after he left, it was called Transient Hobo Drummer Blues.
0: <laughs> Transient a, Hobo Drummer Blues? Yeah.
1: the song about Tyson.
0: So he get, gets kicked out of house. You guys never get to do your gig.
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: <clears throat> so when did you, you have but, your first gig? We ended,
1: first gig was, I think, was at... Uh, well, this was actually—I guess this was before Brain Sauce—because our band is called it was me, Brody, and Johnny Ross, on drums, and
0: we were called the Sequels, and we played at Sidewalk Days. Sidewalk Days first. In gig. front of Wayne and Laverne's. And so that's your first—that's your first gig as a ever. musician. Yeah. At Sidewalk Days in front of Wayne and Laverne's, which I think got shut down because of. Health code violations. But anyways, so they well, get... used to work there. Did he? Yeah. Oh, does yeah, he yeah. He's got some tails. Um, so so you guys play Sidewalk Days, and, like, how does it feel to, like, be... I know, like, Sidewalk Days, if, 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 if no one knows, it's, like, kind of the thing in Moose Jaw where all the businesses put their... On Main Street, put their stuff on the street, and people walk up and down the streets going to bouncy castles and beer gardens. Different people do those Two, two things. Uh, and, uh, oh, that fell out. There you go. And, um, so, so, and how did it feel? First gig? Do you remember it? How you felt? Like
1: that was sweet. Yeah. You
0: played Iron Man, Let It Be Rock. Okay, so example. you did, did covers? I no, mean,
1: we played a couple of originals too. Like, I don't remember what they were called. Like, hot. Dad Brody's got a better memory than I
0: am. And so today, playing Sidewalk Days, uh, you might feel like this is a drag but at that point in time did you just feel like, you know, this is like, this is like people, oh, some people sweet. are stopping and listening and we're playing songs we oh, love and songs we freaking wrote and yeah, it was sweet. It was sweet. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, it felt good and then we, I had lots to learn I remember that and oh, you
0: mean you made mistakes or whatever? Fuck, and... yeah.
1: And then, but yeah, and then eventually we ended up getting Brendan Russell, Brendan Russell, to play drums. And our first gig as Brain Sauce was in March two, like March twenty sixth, two thousand and six, or something like that. That's when we, that was the first Brain Sauce gig, and that was at the Elks Hall. We rented the hall with a couple other bands. One was called Mahogany Frog, and I can't remember what the what the other one was. Maybe it was just us two. Maybe there's somebody else. I don't remember and, yeah, that was pretty cool that was that was more fun because we played i think more originals at that point, and it was getting mm mm-hmm. we worked on it a lot longer than we worked yeah. on the other stuff before and that's and we recorded that too, and it sounded sort of mm-hmm. cool and I remember sharing it with people and thinking like this was a lot of the lot like a lot of the songs were really interesting and mm-hmm. they were sort of fast and uh. Brody was doing a bunch of different things. He was playing keyboards, and he had, like, a spaceship thing going on, and he had all these weird pedals He had a spaceship feet. thing going on? Oh, yeah, because he had all these gimmicks around him. And, oh, yeah, so um, it just
0: looked like the deck of Star Trek or whatever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was really rad. It felt like, oh, and he had that thunder tube thing. And just and then Brendan and I just played, uh, I was really loud. He, Brandon always wanted me play really loud well. and I'm
0: done with that. It was cool. So, for people listening, like, Brain Sauce, actually, Brain Sauce, the first the 1st thing I ever did when I came to Moose Jaw when I moved here was I went to a Brain Sauce show. It was like the first, I moved there in the day and then that night I went to a Brain Sauce gig down at the Royal before they tore it down. Um, but, for people listening, Brain Sauce was, well, Brain Sauce was really, a, a really interesting band, right? because, yeah, like Brody's writing these these interesting songs, and you guys would also do like theme stuff, you know. Like you had, you guys played that one show where you turned the whole space in front of the stage into a Wild West saloon, and then you guys, before you guys started, you had, uh, you had like a like a old saloon bar brawl breakout and like what are, You guys did a bunch of stuff. Like what was some other stuff you did? You I know, I know you guys did a bunch of other weird stuff. There was a
1: ninja thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. What was what was that one I came
1: in? Brody jumped off the the balcony type of thing. Scaled down, got in trouble from Niles the owner. Yeah. 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 It's like you don't do that ever again he, I don't know what kinda of, that was supposed to be an Irish accent, but he bitched him out. <laughs> and then they did oh yeah, and then they did this choreographed dance, like choreographed fight with a uh, stick and stuff, Mark and Brody.
0: So and there, so there's Not, like oh, and then yeah. and then you guys started I, one of the shows. I think uh, one of the There's the shows
1: videotapes. It's on YouTube, I think it is on YouTube. What, what's Kelly it? told me about it. The, it's called Brin's War- Brains, Brain Ninja Fight or something.
0: Okay, we'll look at it because and to anyone that listening, that's listening, you can go to citadel.fm or citadelmagazine.com and if you look, uh, there'll be a little. If you look up. Uh, things I write, Dustin, halati, or um, it should be um, up there if you look at it, uh, just look for how did I get here, John Dale, and there'll be links to everything that we talk about. So if you want to know about the bands John's been in, stuff like that, you can see it there. So, um so you guys you guys are kind of like performance art in a way, you know, it's not just it's not just music. this and, and, and then the one of the sh- you guys started like you started a fake metal band that, Abducted, you you guys abducted yourselves basically, right? Was that kind of the thing, <laughs> or what? What was the story? We got abduct, abducted by the Doomcocks. The Doomcocks, yeah. So, so there's this there's this band that's really you guys, and then the way the show goes is Brain Sauce plays a couple shows, and then you guys go go in the back, and then you come out as the Doomcocks, and you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, we just Tied up, brain sauce, and did horrible things to them, and now mm-hmm. we're gonna play some songs. And then mm-hmm. it was just like super metal, if I remember. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of what the? Mm-hmm. And then and then you guys came out after, tied up in your underwear, and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's like you guys really did like tons of crazy, cra- crazy stuff, and like, like was wasn't that like a, a ton of work though? It was yeah I was. Uh...
1: Often, it could be stressful. We tried to do lots. Mm-hmm. And did you guys take that on the, the like, shows? No, and, uh, on? and a couple of times, like, to Saskatoon, or, and, but most of the time it Moose Moosejaws. I don't know if we did anything like that. Or, oh, yeah, I guess because of O'Hanlon's right, Regina? But besides that... Uh, oh, we did something in Calgary up at the ACAD, dressed up as... Uh, like brainwashed slaves and stuff, and I don't. Uh, you dressed yeah. up as slaves? Yeah, cause it was tied in with our, or we had a really ugly album cover, and with us all dressed up like, being sold off or something.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, Frank Felt's on that cover. He now, sure is. How did no Frank felt the local uh, poet? Yeah, he's a legend. Yeah, he is a legend. He's older I don't know what is he
1: 72 he's, he's a poet raconteur. contour yeah and he's you know, and he's, some he's kinda, an
0: artist yeah painter. and he's he's uh, a smoker yeah he sings some songs with Johnny two fingers and the deformities but he he's he kind of like joined up with brain sauce in a way. like how did that happen how do you how do you guys have he wrote some brain sauce songs and stuff like that like how mm-hmm. does that happen or a 17 year a 72 year old poet uh... Like joins up with, with Well he was that well when we but... me met
1: him. That was <laughs> uh, that was ten years ago, so he was sixty two about then and he was probably so we met him around when he was about sixty, sixty one. Brody met him first and then he introduced, cause they were jamming and stuff, Brody was mm-hmm. playing guitar and he was singing and st- I remember listening to the tapes like this old guy sings. I'm like, oh he's actually sounds sounds pretty good. Yeah. Fairly unorthodox. <laughs> But I thought it was cool. It was sort of bluesy and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then anyway, uh, he uh, had us place up above uh, bakery, and so of this big loft, and he let us jam there for about seven years. It was a great place mm-hmm. for, and not just Brain Sauce, but eventually, John Two Fingers played there. Uh, high Wind. Played gigs there. Uh, Lawrence Kitchener practiced there all the time. Those he support. Uh, Megan Nash was there. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people got to practice or play. Mm-hmm. Go Jeff played in practice in there. You know.
0: mm-hmm. So kind of his his uh, loft becomes this this place where bands can jam and. It was called the up.
1: it was called the Desert Stone Gallery.
0: And you got and you wrote a song about it.
1: Yeah. Cool. He put his paint, paintings and stuff all over the walls. Woo-hoo. Yeah, your song about it is called Ode to Cagliostro. Yeah, that's Frank's alter ego, the name of a spirit. So he says, Alexander Cagliostro. Allow me to introduce myself. My name starts with an A. a? <laughs> Allow me to introduce myself. My name ends with an O. Allow me to introduce myself, I'm Alexander Caliastro.
0: <laughs> and rhyme. Most of the time. Oh <laughs> well, yeah. That's, that's, that's uh. I'll oh, for the pings, man. That's a good impression of, of, uh... I've seen it plenty of times. Of Alexander Caliastro, a.k.a. Frank that's Felt. That's
1: his poet performance art.
0: So he so he becomes so you're so you're playing with brain sauce and why does why does that like what would you say is the height of the of the brain sauce would you, would you say like this is like the coolest thing that we did yeah or, that you that you look back on and you're like that's what I look back on I think the coolest,
1: one of one my fondest moments of playing in that band was when we had it ended up getting really big we added extra people we had a uh, slide guitar, Bushko played slide guitar, and Chris Turley was on keys. We had Jeremy Kaczak on a trumpet. Yeah. Mark Glow was playing guitar. I was playing bass. Brody was playing guitar, and Steve Lytle was on the drums, and we were playing at the Exchange. And this re- it was the first time really playing on a big stage in front of quite a few. There's we were opening f- for Silhouette City and a Short Story was doing a reunion thing, so they had this, a lot of people. They had a pretty big following, and so a lot of people came out to see it. And when we played there, and it, I remember everybody was just sitting there, and they were just watching, like, who are these guys? And we, they a, there wasn't many people who knew us. And that's an, that's like they all shut up and listened. It was mm-hmm. a pretty good feeling. And often, but, I mean, we play, there's pretty good feelings lots, uh, especially in Calgary. The, we got people to dance lots, that's one thing for sure. hmm a lot of people yeah and stage. you guys used to
0: hand out a box of percussive instruments yeah people they smack them around
1: yeah well, there's to a that. lot of good Brody had a lot of good ideas Brody and Mark had a lot of good ideas even people involved with it yeah they were all behind that a theatric side of it a lot of it mhm mhm
0: and so that so that's kind of the height what, what, what's what's like the the low point where you're kind of like because if you're in a band for long enough you're gonna have that point where you just kind of like, is this worth it? Oh, this this, this, yeah, this there's sucks.
1: A, there's a lot of stress involved in the practices and stuff, and
0: oh, you pra- you're practicing mm-hmm. so much. Yeah.
1: Well, not just practicing so much, but there's a lot of time together and stuff, and
0: yeah, yeah. And that's how it is. You get to you get a lot of personalities, spending a lot of time together, and I I think there's no relationship. Uh, in, in life that is that is as similar to being married or common law or whatever as to that's like there's nothing so similar to that than being in a band with someone yeah. with people because you you got your baby which is your yeah your music and you've got and, and you've got like a future that you're all invested in and uh, it could be great and it could be not and it's gonna have good times and bad times and I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. so, like, I remember, I don't know if this was one of your stressful times, but do you, but I remember, because, because we had, we had the, we had a gender bender party, uh, as I, it might have been like as a housewarming thing when we lived on South Hill, um, where everyone dressed up as opposite sex, and it was actually a really fun night, but I, I remember, because um, we, because we had, because we had giant Jenga, and... And uh, which which is like where, giant pieces are like these huge two by these two by four pieces, and then we put those pieces all over the house. And we're playing lava. You didn't come to that though. But anyways, but Bro, Brody and, and Mark they came, and you guys had just come from Calgary. You're playing some gigs there, and you're and you're something happened with your bus or something like that. Was that like yeah. a low? Was that a low no, point? No, that was pretty fun. That, that was fun. Okay, <laughs> what? We I don't quite remember the story. Like what happened there?
1: Uh, we were driving th- through a snowstorm and or yeah, it was a snowstorm between Edmonton and Calgary. I believe we we're driving. Uh, I think we we're driving from Edmonton to Calgary. I may be mistaken. I think so. But the the back tires seized. We had to be picked up by the cops and taken. The back tires just the
0: axle seized. So it's just the tires aren't moving at all. And that yeah, up, that I, while we was driving, it was pretty. That was pretty scary. So you are swerving all over the road? No, I just
1: sort of fishtailed a little bit. But Mark kept good care. Of it. I remember thinking, like looking at him like, "What the fuck is that <laughs> asshole doing to that bus? What's he stopping like that for?" And then, but of course, he's not going to be saying, "Hey, the thing's <laughs> fucked." He was super calm. He was a yeah. good bus driver. <laughs> he just yeah. he he drove. Because you, you guys most had an that.
0: old school bus that you guys had taken out. Nineteen eighty four Don van, but it what was, was a van.
1: Well, yeah. Well, that's essentially what a school bus is. It's just a giant van, right? Was it a school bus though? Yeah, it was a okay, school bus. Okay, yeah, I mean, it? Guys had, had take, a, you a guys... functioning stop sign
0: and everything. <laughs> Did you guys use it
1: sometimes?
0: <laughs> um, so, so and and you guys took out some seats for your gear or whatever. Hmm. So you guys took out some seats for your gear. Yeah. Okay, so you guys are fishtailing all over the highway. Yeah. And, you and he just
1: and he pulled it over. He did a good job, and then uh, I don't remember. It was getting really snowy, and I th- and that like we were shutting down the highway. There, we tried to call yeah. for the cop or the tow truck or something, but they 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 wouldn't let the tow truck come and get us because of the cops. Mm-hmm. We weren't letting him. Then the cops came and got us, hmm. and we got a police escort back into. And I think. I, I can't... Re- Driving I can't, the bus? I don't remember if they brought the bus back. Like, again, like, did they bring the bus back or what? Like, I had it pretty easy. I just went along with the ride. I never really got wor- really worked up over stuff like that because it was really none of my responsibility. I just was, like, floating along, just so, playing the fucking thing, just doing the show. So who's
0: so? But we all worked out. We did the show. So you were kind of like, uh, whose problem was it then? Who was, who was the... who? Took over the leadership of the situation. Well, like,
1: I can't remember who had the phone, but it might have been it might have been Mark who t- was talking on the phone. Mark Brody. So you're just kind of like, any, ah, know.
0: Mark will handle it. I'm gonna.
1: Well, no, they. Yeah, they went. It was just the way
0: they. It just does. They just did it. Mm-hmm. So um, that's not that's not a low point though. No, that's
1: sort of fun. <laughs> now, how
0: did you guys get back? How did you get get your bus fixed? Remember?
1: We had to leave it behind. I think it was we that was the first time we ever lost money at any of the trips though because we had to re- get rental cars. Mhm. So that was that I guess finance. I think that was sort of like a first financial blow to it. Yeah. Yeah. Hm. Cool. So uh but, I mean we invested in, that bus wasn't we didn't invest like they fixed Mark was pretty good mechanic and stuff but mm-hmm. I don't know it just never you can't fix that type of thing and and we just sort of emptied it was felt felt like a yeah because it was in the it was in the tow truck yard and we took it all I remember stripping it bare we like took the hood ornament someone took, kept it and it was like a pirate ship mm-hmm. just leaving it the banded ship yeah. behind keeping whatever you can
0: <laughs> yeah yeah just leaving it behind yeah um okay so you are oh shit! So I'm just gonna snap. I want to. I want to snap you. What time it's, is this, brother? It's 7:55. Okay. Yeah. So we got. I, I'm keeping an eye on things. Okay. So you are. So, so you are. Um, that's not a low point for you in brain sauce. The low no. point was mainly. You're just when just it started
1: coming. It just stopped becoming fun. There's a lot of stress. A lot of yeah. practicing and and yeah. And I don't know. I've just yeah I was just enough time... sometimes it's just it yeah that's way that's just the way it goes,
0: yeah, is there a point when with with uh 'cause I know like I've been in a million bands, and there's that moment where things become you start a band' because it's the funnest thing it's the funnest thing to do, like if you're gonna do something with your life, I mean being in a band is about the funnest thing you could do um even if it goes nowhere. I'm not talking about if you become, like, some rock god playing stadium shows or something like that. Even if you don't kind of go anywhere, it's probably going to be the funnest thing you do in your life. And, you know, the, but every band has that moment where you'll realize that, actually, this is a lot of work, you know. And and for me, I think work is work is fun, so that's not... A problem, but did did it get to that point where it kind of just felt like this is work or?
1: What for my old band? Yeah. Well, I I think it was more I, I just felt sort of uninvolved. That's. Cause and, and, uh, and maybe it was just my own attitude or whatever, but it was just it wasn't it wasn't what I wanted to do. I could tell that I was mm-hmm. not going. It was not. It's sort of like when people go different ways. That's how. That thing, he was, like, I was going to do my own thing, I guess. That isn't really was my intention, but I knew I had, that's what, like, that wasn't my reasoning behind it, necessarily. Like, I didn't really want to do it because I really enjoyed playing the music, but mm-hmm. I knew, like, I just, it wasn't flowing with, I wasn't getting out of what I wanted to, what I wanted to out of playing with a, in a band. I wanted to be more involved in the writing, and at that point, I wasn't really doing that for. It, it just that's
0: yeah. yeah. There wasn't there wasn't room for you creatively, in the band really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, and and did you, and you and you. And, I know you and and I don't know if you and Brody had a bit of a falling out, but I I know was it kind of hard feelings or was it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it falling out because you guys have always kind of hung out since, but like wasn't was it the easiest breakup or was it was it kind of like you just needed some distance for a while or wasn't that big of a deal? <laughs> you didn't no comment it's fine, <laughs> but it's fine now, right you guys are you guys are buds now yeah it's all in the past, right yeah yeah. Okay. <laughs> <So> <laughs> is that? Okay. All right. So, um, Brain Sauce ends just because will you, will you, you, are you the first one to kind of jump ship? Because you, you, you played the last show though, didn't you? No. Who is, who, 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 who is, who played that last show at Summerfest? Tim Wintracht played with yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So after you left, they they went on going for a little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before they broke up. So you break up with Brain Sauce, and then you're like, "All right, I'm gonna do." And and when you left, it was your it was your plan to start something new, right?
1: Well, I was already doing something new at that point. I was already doing some of my own my own solo stuff. I was writing songs of my own. Yeah. So you I recorded
0: anything yet, though, right? Uh, no. That John Dale and his cold thing came um, afterwards. Yeah. That was sort of the, that was the beginning of it. Yeah. So you're starting to write your own songs.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I was writing them before I was writing it yeah. and I helped write, I helped arrange some of the songs and mm-hmm. I didn't write the words. So m- Brody and I wrote, wrote some of this, uh, some early, early stuff like that ended up being you, like that transient hope with your blues you wrote together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but mostly there was some riffs that I. Th- it was more
0: musical parts that
1: mm-hmm. I contributed composing, arrangements and stuff yeah. for a couple of the songs.
0: So you were writing songs. So you're writing songs like that. That. But writ- Brody always did the words to them. Yeah. So you're writing songs like "Suit Don't Make the Man," stuff like that, and yeah. and then that's. Um, did you try to make those brain sauce songs, or were you kind of like this is kind of my thing, so. Maybe I should just start my own thing.
1: Yeah, I just kept them to myself, I guess.
0: And so, and so you you break off and you start, and you start doing your own thing. And I remember talking to you at the time, and you were very, um. It was almost like you were like a man who had just had a revelation. You know, you're just like I don't want to spend my life, like working a job I don't like. I don't like just to. Pay bills for a house that's too big for me, and you know you're 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 kind of, and you're kind of like music is what I want to do. So, I just got to find a way to do that. I'll work it. I'll work as much as I need to, to, to to, to make the music happen. But I'm not going to throw my life away on stuff that, that. And it was kind of like an idea you had that really I think it really, it, it was a big part of your music, um, even in one of your songs. You, you get fired in one of your songs, right? right quit. <laughs> yeah. Um, he threatens being fired. Threatens yeah. get fired. Yeah. Did that actually happen? That that whole interchange in the, what, what's uh, that... Song? So, what's that song called so, again? Uh, uh, That's on your new album, right?
1: Yeah, it wasn't so aggressive in real life. Not so hostile. <laughs> but it was something similar to that happened. I was. What's the song called again? Working All Night. Working, working all, all Night, night yeah. yeah i just my I was working as a, I had a job in in an office and it was a i had more of a book like a mat like a controller role in it mm-hmm. and then eventually it just uh it uh it he wanted me to my boss he's changed my job into wanting to be a uh secretary mm-hmm and being there from nine to five to watch the phones and it wasn't very busy office at all and I just felt like no way and then the next day I came back and I said I quit but the whole it wasn't anything like but it was that's sort of what that is more was the more that's realistic is the like when I was working I was working a a sales job and then I was doing the things with the band, working at nights and staying up mm-hmm. really late. I was always up really late back then. I had trouble sleeping and stuff. And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's where that had to kind of always waking up really early and mm-hmm. yeah. And then it was just sort of a lament and I didn't want to make it like, it was just a blue song, you know? So Yeah. So yeah and the like the big part in the middle about working the same job like nobody likes their job that's the way it's going to be that sort of was uh uh my my dad usually would say stuff like that he always like don't be a baby nobody likes their job Fucking buck up you got to mm-hmm. work and everybody hates it and I was determined to find a job that mm-hmm. was not going to totally crush my spirit as most of the jobs after that job i ended up like i remember i was totally unemployed i had no plan i thought i was going to play gigs and stuff it was mm-hmm. sort of i had no plan whatsoever the gig thing you know didn't work out i did make money once busking at park art that was mm-hmm. cool that was sort of scary never did anything like that before but made like killer money but how often does Moose Jaw have a like a group of people all together like that yeah. with money in their pocket, just wanting to throw it? At artists it doesn't happen very often. So no, no. It was a nice experience. The other, the other time, like, uh,
0: yeah. Where... Well, because c- creating music in Moose Jaw is a hard thing to become sustainable, right? And so, right. oh yeah. So anyways, yeah,
1: and then I find another another. I think that's after I started doing, uh, started selling knives, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. For Vector. Yeah. You were pretty good at that, if I recall.
1: Yeah, I was pretty
0: good at that. (laughs) But that gave you the ability to kind of have your own hours, too. Yeah. Because there's a whole, like, there's a whole world. Like, it's not just us here. It can't be just us here. I mean, there's a whole world of people working jobs that give them... Give them the flexibility to do the things that they really like, because the jobs aren't the things that they really want to do. The jobs are the means to, yeah. to to the end, really. And it's and it's uh, it's a di- that's a difficult reality because even in a place like Saskatchewan, where we only have one million people in our whole province, which is quite large, uh, quite quite a large area, um, it's difficult to make a living doing this type of thing. And I feel like the the society around it c- kind of has, um, you know, because in every society there's there's almost kind of like rules, and I feel like making art, being in music, being music, it's like you know, like you said with what your dad said, it's not, that's not even seen as real work, you know, it's kind of like buck up, work that job you hate, mm-hmm. why, you know don't do that music stuff that there's no future in that you know and maybe there maybe there is maybe there isn't a future in it but the the fact is it's like you know it's if you if you're an artist it's going to kill you if you don't do it you know and so i don't know it, it just seems it just so it, i don't know when i when i your first your first uh album that's just you and the guitar and then even good eating i really saw that as part of like your thesis like what you're kind of trying to get across to your art you know Um, and so you do do it you know so you start first it's just you and you're playing a lot of solo stuff and then how does does it happen that you actually start a band?
1: I started doing like open mics uh, like the with uh, at the waves of fury Mark uh, Lowe from Brainswurst used to put those on. So he used to do duels with Cannonball Kelly. We used to drum and he's pretty good. He used to do, like, he always does lots of roles and stuff. I thought he was pretty sweet. And he was a wrestler, too, so I thought that was cool, too. And we liked lots of the same music. Mm-hmm. You know, we got along pretty well. We liked jamming the blues and stuff. And, and liked really heavy, well, thrashy type of stuff and being loud and... Kelly, I don't know, I think Kelly liked playing with me and stuff, so, yeah. I mean, played at Palmer Church, and that was one of our first gigs, and outside of uh, Frank's place, mm-hmm. then we ended up playing at Nevada Nichols. We were one of the last bands I ever played as a duo. So we were a duo for a few gigs, and then eventually started adding bass players throughout, uh, and... Actually, one point we were a trio without a bass player. We
0: just had a trumpet player, Jeremy DeCazick. That was interesting. Mhm. So you guys, so you guys are doing, so you're doing that. Kind of like your band's kind of getting put together, and then where does the name Johnny Two Fingers and the Deformities? That's that's something that, that wasn't even your idea, right? No, it was Frank's.
1: In Kelly's idea, Kelly came out Johnny two fingers, and Frank added into the deformities.
0: And you're kind of insulted at the first. Yeah, I
1: thought it was sort of like <laughs> no one's gonna ever take me seriously if I do that. Like, you know, that <laughs> yeah. sounds sort of. Uh, but and then I thought about and, it. And the and,
0: name for people that don't know the name comes because because J- John has two fingers on his right hand. Yeah. And so and so they thought, because I because I even get the impression. Do you feel? Do you feel? Cause sometimes you'll put on your stuff, you'll put, live in the gimmick, since, since ni- yeah. <laughs> so do you see that? Do you sometimes feel like, oh, why did the guys name the band this? You know, it feels like a gimmick. Oh
1: no, uh, no, I know. Well, I know why. Like, I know why. It's like, I feel like it's a, like an old, like a lot of old blues singers and stuff had. To, Fake names or stage names or whatever. Yeah, I was I was tossing around ideas of a stage name, mm-hmm. something to you know something else. I, uh yeah. Does anyone? Do you ever? I I love I love the name. Every time I tell people, I always get some sort of res- response. Usually, they'll laugh, or they'll go no, like as <laughs> no, you wouldn't do that. As if I can't. They they almost. And then they're almost like offended for me somehow. <laughs> You're like, Thanks, it's my I band guess. name. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Thanks, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it is. It's funny. Well, when I when I tell people because I I talk about your band all the time, and whenever I tell people about mm-hmm. about your band that they don't they never don't know you or haven't don't know your music or, uh, it usually comes across they think it's they think it's sexual. Oh. Like Johnny Two Fingers. Yeah, he likes to go to the drive-in and lift up the skirts of the ladies, you know. Old Johnny Two Fingers, you know. <laughs> that type the of drive-thru, eh? That, drive, I mean, dry, that, the drive-in, think. not the drive through <laughs> 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 He likes to order some shakes and fries and well, it's... Yeah, that's... I don't know. Is that a thing? Mm, no. No? Okay. <laughs> um, have you had it, anyone ever come up to you and not call you by your name, but... Like, be like, hey, Johnny, Two Fingers. All the time. All the time.
1: Yeah, especially in cities that aren't here. Yeah. But even in the city sometimes, like, hey, Two Fingers, <laughs> come over here. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's yeah. funny. So, and that's kind of, when you guys got your um, your first big article in Noisy, uh, which is uh, Vice's music thing, uh, that was mainly because the, the girl who wrote it, she's got... Two fingers or something. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, hey. This guy yeah,
1: I, I think that's... She was... She saw a connection there. And she actually, She was one of the best interviews that... Yeah. It was a great article. Yeah, she wrote, asked a lot of good questions. Mm-hmm. And that was all email correspondence.
0: Oh, it was all through email? Mm-hmm. The questions and stuff? Yep. Oh. Yep. It just felt like... Yeah, and like then she
1: rewrote it. Uh, like, that's... I I've been another I've done that before and, uh, and the person didn't uh, they just post they post like the questionnaire just as a questionnaire yeah doesn't have the same when you rewrite it and it has you can make it look like it was uh, yeah she's a yeah. pro yeah she's great what's
0: her name let's give her a shout out hey Grim Shelly Kim. what Grim Kim <laughs> Kim what Grim Kim Grim Kim that's her name. Yeah, that's Kim bad. Kelly. That's badass, Grim Kim K- Kelly. Kim Kelly. Kim Kelly. All right, and uh, and you guys got a lot of buzz out of that too, right? Yeah, I got a lot of uh, a lot of visits on the
1: YouTube on our YouTube video. The two links that you posted, it sort of, it doubled. It gave it went from two to four in a couple of days. It was, it was, it was pretty interesting. How I wish it. Uh, Resonated in more music sales, but uh, to be truth be told, I didn't really do anything like that. So, no,
0: but it did. People aren't uh, gonna buy music, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, that it it does kind of suck. Like, who's who is buying music nowadays? People who are really into iTunes might buy it. The only people I see are the people at our shows, yeah. You'll buy a CD, and uh, uh, and once in a while, you
1: you know, for most gigs, you'll sell a few CDs few t-shirts sometimes it's more t-shirts more often than not, it's probably more t-shirts than even CDs it maybe bounces out it balances out
0: yeah hmm. yeah um so what do you guys so what are you guys doing now what's the future for Johnny Two Fingers and the Deformities well
1: the we're uh, gonna be playing some summer festivals coming up Gateway Festival yeah that's a good one uh, which is really awesome and I guess it's Ness Creek first Ness Creek up northern Saskatchewan that's on the mm-hmm. 16th at, there after hours 10th there'll be a, it'll be a, from what I heard it's going to be a great it'll it should be a great uh, time and then we'll be playing at the Gateway Festival too at Bengoff which is pretty cool that's where my dad was born there'll be a lot of so there's like family ties there but anyway mm-hmm. uh there would be a lot of cool acts, I think. Uh, uh, Fred Paner's playing at it. Is Corblen playing at it, too? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, who else is... Is the Stampeders
0: uh, playing at that Surf Dads. Um, <laughs> uh, who else? Um, I don't know. What, I whatever. Sloan. Sloan. Yeah, is Sloan. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of good ones. The Stampeders are playing. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay, they are. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's and then good uh, and then I'm and uh, trying to figure out how to book a tour out to Montreal and back, and that'll be in the end of October, and, and then I, in October playing at Moosetr on the May Wilson Theater. Cool. October twenty second.
0: So after you've you've taken a journey through your musical life, a little yeah yeah we've walked bit. we've we tiptoed through the through the tulips, we've. Taking a look, we've, we've seen, we've seen little, little. Well, no, I guess you're, I guess you're older. I guess you, we saw early twenties, John, and you're writing songs in your notebooks about about uh, girls, and and then we took the journey to where you are now. So what, what would you what would you like to say about having having talked about all through your musical journey? What do you think?
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard it, but I farted. That's what you think. Farts,
0: man. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on, man. That was awesome. Thanks for having me, Dustin. That's John Dale's journey. Thanks for listening. This is How Did I Get Here on Citadel.fm. Check out our website, citadel.fm or citadelmagazine.com. And uh, you, you guys did it. You listened to a whole thing. Uh, How did I get here? Once again, uh, you're probably losers and have nothing better to do. Amen. (laughs) Be a loser. See you guys.